This is Colleen McGee, bringing you another episode of Fort Riley, the podcast. Thanks to the Library of Congress and the Oral History Project, we get to view what service in the Army was like for black soldiers through history in honor of Black History Month. We've chosen three stories to show you the evolution of race relations through the years. The goal, to honor those who served despite great challenges, and to let history remind us that we can always do better. James W. Baldwin was a tanker in World War II and served with the 35th Infantry Division in a segregated unit. He shares his struggles and some memories during his three years of service. Where did you serve? European theater. Bastogne, France, Germany. Well, uh, World War II, and I say this, and I kind of preface it with, a lot of people, even my daughters and my grandkids, can't even fathom or get a feel about what it was like. But everything was segregated, and it was rough. It was rough being black and being in the army. And I'll give you several examples. I know I'll give you a few examples. We took our basic training in Fort Knox, Kentucky. We left there and went to Camp Claiborne, Louisiana. There were certain places you had to uh, train if you were uh, in the armored outfit, a tank outfit. So you go, you start off with Fort uh, Knox, you go to Claiborne, you leave Claiborne, you go to, call it Camp Knox, or Fort Knox, Fort Hood, uh, Texas yes. now. So that's what you did. <clears throat> so we left, after 16 weeks of basic, went to Camp Claiborne, a little town called Alexandria, Louisiana, is near there. And what I couldn't understand is that I was young, I was 18. By that time I was 19, just turned 19. I couldn't understand why every time somebody left, you call it move out, when you left to move out to go overseas, you'd have to tear up your place. And that was blacks tearing up the place. In other words, when we, when we went to the movies, you'd just go to a building just like that, no flow, and it's hot in Louisiana. Dirt, you're just sitting right on dirt. Ain't no, 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 on a bench, ain't no back to this. The whites had beautiful air-conditioned theater, so we couldn't go. And I couldn't understand until finally a sergeant told me once, he said, let me tell you one thing, you're a young man. The frustration in the blacks, they're going to tear up everything when they move out. I said, yeah, but don't they understand the soldiers that's left there like us, see, they tear up everything. It would be black soldiers who are moving out. And that was their frustration for being segregated against and couldn't go to the movies, couldn't go to the PX. So then when you move out, then it's going to be three or four more weeks. We don't have nothing to do. We can't go to the movies or they done tore that up. Can't go nowhere. And it took me a long time to really understand the frustration that what they go through. So as I said, I was on a tank battalion, so you didn't have a three black outfit, three black tank groups in World War II in the whole army. And I was in 784, 761 was right across the street from us. And 758 was uh, across town. And so Jack and Robinson, that's when I first met Jack and Robinson. Jack and Robinson transferred from the carry into 761. And he was on the bus one Saturday afternoon, trying to go into Alexandria. And uh, he got in some difficulties on the bus, because he just got on there and said, I'm going to sit in where I want it. 
he was a lieutenant, first lieutenant. He said, I'm going to sit in where I want him, California and Ainsworth. So then they beat up his head and all this stuff. But it's those kinds of things, you know, the negative things. But during World War II, that was part of the culture, that was the law. Everything was segregated. They called it segregated but equal, but it was no such thing as segregated but equal. Because then now you know the army's all mixed, everything is integrated, everything is fine. But it just hasn't always been that way. Somebody said, well, you just like fighting? And I said, no, I didn't like it. But I'm glad I had the experience. I really am. I'm glad I had the experience. I'm glad for many reasons. Top of all, I said, I'm one of the few blacks then that can prove to people we knew we could fight just like anybody else. So 761st, we used to root for them more than us because they had black officers. We'd read this time, the same paper here, this thing called Stars and Stripes. Right. See, we'd get the Stars and Stripes and we'd be looking in there to see uh, what kind of progress they were making. And we went to town once and somebody asked him, well, why do you guys root so much? We said, yeah, because they got black officers. And we said, we want them to do well. <clears throat> but uh, as I said, now things have changed. Uh, Fast forward in military history to shortly after the Korean War. Charles Ernest Berry served 22 years through three wars and several overseas assignments before retiring as a master sergeant in the Army. Throughout his career, he saw race relations improve incrementally, and he tells what it was like the day the order came from President Truman that the Army was going to integrate. I came to Fort Knox, which is the armor center for the tanks, mm -hmm. and uh, I was signed to this uh, trucking company, and then they also had a uh, car company. So is this also segregated? Yes, it's still segregated at that time. So then, that we had a they had a meeting, and they said the President Truman has said that the armed services are going to be integrated. And I said, I don't like it. Because we had such pride, you know. And we, and to be the best, you had to, to be black or colored, you had to be the best. Because like the first hire, there's a first fire here with blacks, it was the same in the Army. That's the way it went. If you had a, a, a court-martial or anything, you was out. Any type of insubordination, they would put you out. And we had southern officers that would call you that N-word in a minute. And there was nothing you could do about it. How do you deal with that? It made me want to show that I'm an American citizen. I am a man of color, but I'm also a human being. And then, uh, like I said, uh, we had that meeting, they said that the military was going to be integrated. Mm -hmm. So uh, I was, was about uh, half the company was shipped out uh, down about six blocks to another company. And the sergeant picked me to be a squad leader. And then he had all the whites and blacks. He said, okay, y'all go in there and pick your bunk, then, and then I'll be in there. Now, when they went in the bar, the whites got on this side and the blacks got on this side. Mm -hmm. So this sergeant walked in, he said, I said you, we are integrated now. Mm -hmm. Now fall back out. So he said, one black, 
one white, one black, one white. That's where you got bunks. That's where he entered. But then a lot of the, um, I got to say so a lot of the whites, they, they don't take bath. I think I'm going to be frank with you. But we had a problem with that. And then uh, uh, a lot of the food that we eat, they didn't like, yeah. you know. And then a lot of the religious beliefs were different. Right. Well, now, each person has to respect another's religion, mm -hmm. even though you may not like it. Right. But it's not for you to decide what religion that person's going to have. Right. But it got better. It really did. It got better, but how long, I mean, how much friction is there, and how long does it, it take? It was so tight, so thick, you could cut it with a knife. It was just like you was out in the desert. I mean, and some of them was, and you could hear them get together and saying, man, them niggas and this, you know. And so I had to squat and I called them all together. Mm -hmm. I said, the first one that you use that word, gonna fight me. Right. I said, the man says we got to live together, then let's live together. I said, we, we, we take care of each other, we, we uh, 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 cook for each other, and I said, a lot of you whites have been raised by black women. Mm -hmm. I said, yeah, we're not, they, you're not good enough to socialize and sleep. I said, well, you're going to learn. Spring forward another few years to the Army of the late 1960s and early 1970s. Born in Maryland, retired Sergeant Major Mary Artry was an 18-year-old living in a small town in South Carolina. She craved travel and adventure, and since she was unable to get work in her small southern town, she made the decision in 1969 to join the Army. In her roles as typist, stenographer, and administrator, her service during the Vietnam and Persian Gulf eras led her around the world, from locations stateside to Korea, Germany, and Belgium, and to support high-ranking officers such as General Alexander Haig. Beyond simply providing her with an education, she cites personal interactions as one of the highlights of her military career. As she explains, serving in the Army taught her to appreciate people. However, she admits it wasn't always easy, especially as a black woman. How did your service and experience affect your life? Oh, it affected my life in many ways. Uh, first of all, the Army uh, gave me a career, something that I could not have achieved back home in Pinewood, South Carolina. It gave me uh, an education, and as the old saying would say, it gave me a, a husband. <laughs> but uh, all in all, uh, it gave me a, a, a different outlook on life. I learned to appreciate people more, things. Um, I'm just so happy that I went in the military. I don't regret a day of it at all. And I encourage younger people to enlist as well. And you must have had some bad days as well as good days. Yes, I have. It was not easy for me being uh, female and especially being uh, black during the early 60s or late 60s, early 70s. I've been into some, some close spots uh, in some, I guess, situations where it would have been so uncomfortable for most people, but yet I survived it. Is there anything more you want to say before we conclude? 
I'd just like to say uh, thank God for the military. Um, if I can at all encourage other people to enlist, to come in, I would do that, and I'm still doing that. I'm with the American Legion now, and we're working with the military in some aspect. And right now, I'm also a full-time employee at the Defense Finance and Accounting Center here in Indianapolis as an accountant. I went back to school, by the way, after I started work, and I received an accounting degree. Times have changed. We have laws against discrimination. But as we observe Black History Month, reality shows us these laws are still needed to govern how we treat each other. Let these lessons from history serve to remind us to uphold human dignity without regard to skin color. For more stories like these, be sure to visit the Library of Congress Oral History Project. Oh, 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 oh,